What's going on, guys? Welcome to week three of the NFL predictions I do. This is Say It Own It. I'm your host, Jeff Bell. Man, we got a lot of good games this week, man. I'll tell you that. And um, a lot of quarterback matchups to look out for. In just about every game, I'm excited to see these quarterbacks duel off. We got a couple two and no teams going at it. We got a couple teams looking to get their first W. And the NFL has some great things going on, but also has some bad things going on. So there's there's just a lot going on, man. I say I say that the scoring has been up. The the football has been fun to watch, but at the same time, the number of injuries has been insane, bro. I, I I've I've never been through a year like this with so many injuries, so many injuries to top guys from Christian McCaffrey to Michael Thomas, Nick Bosa. It's it's just been a hard one. Saquon, it's been a hard one this year, but every team's gonna have to face some type of adversity. This is an unusual year. I don't think it discredits the competition at all. I don't think it discredits the Super Bowl at all. I know a lot of people are gonna pull that card come the end of the year oh the 49ers were decimated with injuries that's the only reason why whatever a certain team like Tampa Bay was able to pull off what they do this season so I don't do any of that stuff I don't believe in taking away from people just going up against the circumstances that are put in front of them so I think this this season is going to be interesting through the end I do want to say last week I did tell you Vegas would beat Drew Brees and the Saints, so I'm happy about that one. It was a good Monday night matchup, and um, there's a lot of storylines to follow into this weekend. I think uh, I think every game is just a pretty much watchable game for whatever the reason may be. It doesn't even have to be your favorite team. So if you're uh, just a fan of football, the one o'clock games are looking good. There's about five four o'clock games Eastern time. And then, um, of course, the Sunday night and Monday night games are some good ones as well. So if you're not familiar with the podcast, I do this every week. I give a preview for every game and a prediction for every game this week, as well as a fantasy football sleeper that you might want to think about picking up or, or starting or playing as a flex this week in fantasy. So definitely share the podcast with anybody that you may know that's interested in this type of content you can follow me on instagram at journalism w jeff and you can follow me on twitter at journalism w jeff too and also i say it on it is also available on youtube say it on it featuring jeff bell so so be sure to share all this content if you really enjoy it i appreciate everybody that's been engaging with me and um i appreciate the feedback and if you have any topics that you want to hear other than these predictions and fantasy football sleepers let me know. I'll gladly implement it into what I'm doing each and every week. But without further ado, man, let's get into the games this week. I'm so excited. So uh, I don't know if anybody watched last night. So the 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 Miami and Jacksonville game, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick looked really good. It was weird. But I also like the running back for Jacksonville, uh, James Robinson, uh, undrafted free agent. Man, that kid can move. It's crazy. You think they're tanking in, in Jacksonville, but they're they're – actually been competitive all throughout this season so one and two and each game they've been competitive they got blown out last night Ryan Fitzpatrick was on fire but I really like that team I feel bad I was feeling bad for Minshew you work so hard to get your shot in the NFL and then when you get your shot the team you're playing for just wants to throw it all away and not really give you a real chance 
So I, I think he's making the most out of his, out of his situation, and uh, I like what I'm seeing out of him. And I'm just also wondering in Miami, I mean, they got their first win yesterday, but I'm wondering how long it'll take for Tua to get get some work. We saw Justin Herbert last week, and we saw him actually play pretty well on 10-minute notice. So I just wonder how good will Tua be when he gets his shot. So hopefully we get to see that at some point this season. But for now, Miami and Jacksonville, I mean, both of those teams will be in top five in draft picks this year. So we'll see. Anyway, the one o'clock games this week, we'll start off with Chicago and Atlanta. So Khalil Mack is questionable for this game. Both um, the Browns, the Bears are 2-0 and and the Falcons are 0-2. Two very different teams. The Bears are more of a defensive team. The Falcons can score and move the ball with anybody. But I don't look at at the Bears as a real 2-0 team. And I also look at the Falcons as a team that obviously could have easily been um, 1-1. They took a a, beaten week one against Seattle. But, I mean, last week they had the game in hand and just miraculously still blowing big leads in NFL football games. So I think the Falcons get their first W. I think the key here is that the Bears will not be able to stop them and the Bears won't be able to keep up with their offense. So the Bears, looking at looking at the stats, the um the Falcons and offensively beat out the Bears in every statistical category. But on the opposite side of that, the uh, Falcons average a total yards of 454. And the Bears only allow 375 per game. So the Bears defense is going to do its best to slow down its offense. But without Khalil Mack, who's questionable, I don't know that they'll be able to get enough pressure on Matt Ryan. And I saw it last week against the Cowboys. Without pressure on Matt Ryan, he is able to see the field and make every type of throw to those very dangerous receivers they got out there with Julio, Russell Gage, and um, Calvin Ridley. So I think if the Bears want a chance at this game... They have to run the ball, but that's just not Mac Nagy's style of play. He comes from an Andy Reid coaching tree, and you know how Andy Reid is. He was the same way with uh, Brian Westbrook in Philly and Don McNabb. They do not like to run the ball first. They're pass, smoke and mirrors, pass offense, screen offense. And so I think they won't, they'll get away from the run game, which they need to run the ball so they can keep that Falcons offense off the field because that Falcons offense can score and move the ball with anybody, but they won't do so. So they're going to lose this one, and I have the Falcons putting up a lot of points. Falcons win this one 31-20. And then after that game, we have Buffalo and L.A., two 2-0 teams. This is going to be an interesting one. Josh Allen versus Jared Goff. Jared Goff has looked pretty good this season, but he did only play the the Dallas Cowboys and the um, Philadelphia Eagles. So I can't give him too much credit, but he's only has – 18 incompletions in two games and three TDs to one pick. Now, Josh Allen has been playing really well. They've let him throw the ball a lot this season. He's thrown the ball already 81 times, six TDs. Um, I think defense will be the key in this one, which defense can get the most stops. I feel like Jalen Ramsey and Stefan Diggs are definitely going to go at it all game long. So that'll be a fun matchup to watch. I think Cooper Cup is going to get a lot of open space catches to to keep the ball moving. And that, that Rams play action against an aggressive defense works very well. They send motions. They make you think it's a jet. They hand it off to on a stretch to 
Malcolm Brown, who's actually was questionable, but he's been bumped up to active for this game. So I think I think mm, it's a tough one, but I think the Rams come in and win this one 24-20. I think uh, they they get that play action going like they always do, and Jared Goff just hits all the right throws to Higby and Cooper Cup, and they just methodically move the ball down the field. I don't see many turnovers in this game. I think the Buffalo defense is just going to get gassed because there will be a lot of long drives by the, the L.A. Rams offense. So I got the Rams winning this one 24-20. And then after that, we go on to Cleveland and Washington. Now, I know I said there's some good games, quarterback matchups. This one might not be one of them, but I will say this. Baker Mayfield is coming up on thin ice. He almost lost last week to um, – Joe Burrow, which would not have been a good look. He's going against a very good Washington defense. And that pass rush for Washington is going to make life very hard for Baker Mayfield, who thinks he's athletic, who likes to move, but he's not really as mobile as he believes he is. So I think Baker has to show everybody that he is the guy. I know he's been through a lot in Cleveland. I know they've put him through a lot. And I have no doubt that he'll win this game. But if he loses, it's just going to be a bad look. So they have to look. This offense has to look a lot like what Minnesota did the year that they were pressing for a Super Bowl in 2017 when they went up against the Eagles in the NFC Championship. And then again, with when Kirk Cousins came into the picture, they have to run that ball, play action, get the ball to their speedy receivers, very talented receivers in Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., just like Stephon Diggs and Thielen. This team is like a replica of that Vikings team. And it, so far, it just hasn't looked like it. it you saw pieces of it yesterday I mean last week um but they just got to continue to to pound the rock with both of those running backs switch them in and out in and out with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and if they do that I think Baker Mayfield and the play action deep ball is going to be there against an aggressive Washington defense but they they just have to hold up against the pass rush and um Baker Mayfield has to be Kirk Cousins he has to be that's all he has to be that's not that's not and I don't think that's a tough ask you're a number one draft pick you need to Control the offense. It's okay to be a game manager per se, and just protect the rock. If you protect the ball, he threw. He had a late interception in the game last week against the um the Bengals that really could have hurt them. But he just can't make those mistakes. He has to be better. Three touchdowns to two interceptions so far. Um, I don't see much from. I don't look at Dwayne Haskins much because that offense isn't really talented. They have Terry McLaurin, but other than him, that that offense. He doesn't have much around him. So I don't find this to be a quarterback matchup. I find this to be Baker Mayfield versus the Washington defense. So I have the Browns winning this one, but Baker has to show that he can get it done against a very good defense. Um, the Browns win. I'm not sure what the spread is on this one. Let's see what the spread is. It's minus seven. Cleveland minus seven. Cleveland's at home. I said Cleveland wins. I don't think they cover. I think they win about 20 to 17 just because that defense is really good and it's going to put Washington in positions to score and it'll keep the game close. So 20 to 17, Washington, um, Cleveland. Next, we have Minnesota and Tennessee. Tennessee goes to Minnesota. A 2-0 team in Tennessee versus an 0-2 team in Minnesota who surprisingly looked really, really bad first two weeks. Um, I understand the first week they played Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers was on fire, but to come back in week two and lose to the Indianapolis Colts, who just came off a loss against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 
Minnesota is not looking good right now, and it's hard to fathom why. That offense is pretty much the same when you just replaced Justin Jefferson. You you replaced Stephon Diggs with Justin Jefferson, so I don't see why they're not producing the way they've always have been. Um, they're a very talented team. I think I think this game is going to be tough for them. I think they feel the pressure. They know 0-3 teams really don't have a shot to get to, into the playoffs, whether there's seven teams per conference or not. So I think um, I think Minnesota is going to step up and and come out and get a W this week. I I think uh, Tennessee has a very good game plan. Obviously, that play action just about every team now really abuses the play action. The play action they run with Derrick Henry in the backfield and then taking shots to their their top receivers and Corey Davis as well as um, AJ Brown. Tannehill has been very efficient. Um, only twenty incomplete passes, six TDs. Almost 500 yards so far. I really, really, really like the Tennessee offense, but I think I think time is ticking for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. He has two touchdowns and four interceptions in just the last two weeks, so he needs to pick it up, and he knows it. And I feel, I know he feels the weight on his shoulders, so they're going to come out and they're going to come out firing. And I have the Vikings winning this one. It'll be 24 to 20. I think they they stopped the run, Anthony Barr, and that that Vikings defense really. Focus on slowing down Derrick Henry and putting the game on Ryan Tannehill's shoulders. And uh, Ryan Tannehill just won't be able to get it done without the play action really drawing the defense in. So Vikings win 24-20. Vegas at New England. A surprise 2-0 team for some people. I had them winning. I had them losing against the Panthers in week one, but they I had them winning last week against New Orleans, and they did. They won both games. So now it's just sitting at two and two and zero, oh, but the Patriots, Cam Newton looked really good last week, man. And those quick passes, they they should have won that game. I think surprisingly, the play call was kind of obvious at the end of the game against the Seattle Seahawks to run with Cam. They've been doing it all game, and um, it's been working. But when it's go time, you gotta you gotta run something different. I think they showed they tipped their hand early because earlier in the game they ran a fake QB run, and Cam passed it, and they scored a touchdown on that near the goal line. So I think that play should have been saved for last. Other than that, they could have won that game. But Cam is looking good. I like the way they have him running the ball. He has four rushing touchdowns, only one passing touchdown. I like the way they got him moving. And they got the offense moving. They got the offense humming, even with their limited weapons. But at the same time, Derek Carr has looked really good and efficient. And Josh Jacobs is a beast in the backfield. So this is going to be a tough game. I think Patriots win this one at home. I don't think, I don't see them losing back-to-back games. Bill Belichick has never been the type to lose back-to-back games. There's probably a stat out there somewhere that, that says and can back up that he does not lose back-to-back games. But at the same time, the Raiders are looking kind of injured, probably banged up, but I think most of these guys will go. Henry Ruggs is on the list. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller are all on the list, but they should be good to go. Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry, and James White are all on the list for, for the Patriots. I think... The Patriots come out, that defense gets some stops because they got embarrassed a little bit last week. They took – the Seattle Seahawks came right at Stephon Gilmore, and I don't think the Raiders will be that aggressive against this defense. So I have the Patriots winning this one. It'll be 24-17. They win by a touchdown. San Fran and the New York Giants. So San Fran, man, what a sad, sad story. I, I, I think it just goes to show that when you have a chance to win the Super Bowl – you need to take advantage of it, especially when you're up 10 points in the fourth quarter. 
You need to take advantage of every opportunity to win the big one. Let's go back to 2016. The Falcons were up 28 to 3, and they haven't been the same since they let that comeback against the Patriots. 2017, the Eagles win with Nick Foles. They haven't been the same since. 2018, the, the, the Rams lose to the Patriots. 13 to what, 10 it was. They haven't been back to the playoffs. 2019, the San Francisco 49ers go to the Super Bowl. They blow a 10-point lead, and now they come back this season for, with big hopes. Big hopes, but now they're decimated with injuries. You have to take advantage of the opportunities to win a Super Bowl because it does not come often. Look at Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. Been to one Super Bowl, won it, but only been to one and haven't won since. So it's just sad to see what's going on for them. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is questionable. Raheem Mostert's not going to play. D4 is not going to play. George, George Kittle is questionable. Um, Dre Kinlaw is questionable. So I... I I want to say that Kyle Shanahan is good enough to coach these up, but it coach guys up. But if if Jimmy Garoppolo does not play, I think the Giants get their first win, even without Saquon. It's going to be tough. Both teams are have major injuries, but with the 49ers having more injuries than the Giants, I think the Giants come out and win this one. I think uh, Devontae Freeman he gets involved in the passing game for them. I think Evan Ingram and Slayton really help propel Jones, Daniel Jones, into being a more efficient quarterback this week. Um, and the, the secondary for the 49ers is banged up as well. There's no no uh, Richard Sherman back there. So I think I think that Daniel Jones and, and Jason Gary will have opportunity to move the ball up and down the field. The defense is going to look a lot better than it has for the Giants just because Offense for the 49ers is not at full strength. No Debo Samuel, no Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe, no George Kittle, so no Raheem Mostert. So, yeah, that team has the opportunity to really win this game. It's going to be a really low scoring game. I got the, the Giants winning 17 13 in a, in a snooze fest just because of the injuries. It's sad to see all these injuries, but like I said, man, you got to take advantage of these opportunities to win the Super Bowl. Hopefully, next year, the San Francisco 49ers get back to full strength, but, um, Right now, it's not looking good. So, yeah, Giants win this one 17-13 in a snooze-fest kind of defensive game, but really because not a defensive game, but a bad offensive game. Next, we have the battle of two 0-2 teams. Ooh, things are getting hot in Philadelphia, man. People, I think I heard the virtual crowd noise booing. Uh, Carson Wentz, man, there's a lot of people pointing to bringing back Nick Foles. Putting to bring back Nick Foles, uh, starting Jalen Hurts. There's so much going on. Wentz has not looked great. A lot of people coming out of his mechanics. And um, Joe Burrow on the other side has looked really good. So now, <laughs> now you have two 0-2 teams going at it. And there's no doubt in my mind the Eagles will win this game. They have to win this game. Carson Wentz cannot come out here and lose this game. He has to go out here and show why he was the number, one over, uh, number two overall pick. Show why he was in the MVP race in 2017 and show why they stuck with him instead of going with Nick Foles show why they paid him $109 million guaranteed. I think Carson Wentz is still a great quarterback in this league, but right now he has not played well. He's not played up to par. They got some offensive pieces back on the line with Lane Johnson. So they need to, they need to handle their business. Jalen Rieger may not play. Um, he's doubtful. Fletcher Cox is questionable. Alshon Jeffrey is questionable. I'm sure they're all going to play outside of Rieger. But he needs to come out here and win this game. You can't go out here and lose to 
um, Macaulay Culkin and Joe Burrow. You can't go out here and lose that game to to him as a rookie when you're 0-2 and you know your season's on the line. Yeah, I know the NFC East is a pretty bad division, but you can't go 0-3 and expect to turn things around and win the division. Um, I had the Eagles actually go starting off the season 3-0. and And the way they looked the last two weeks, man, I don't really feel confident in this team, but I think I think when the going gets tough in Philadelphia, you know what you got to do. Back's against the wall. And Philly's that type of grit, grind team. So I see Wentz taking care of the ball this week, getting the ball to his tight ends. Hopefully they run the ball more to with uh, Miles Sanders. And um, they move the ball down the field pretty easily with, with no issues. All he has to do is protect the rock. He had some bad interceptions week one. Last week he had a bad interception trying to force it. No hero ball from Carson Wentz this week. Good technique, good strong base. Go through your reads, make the right throws, take what you the defense gives you, and then you'll be fine. I think Joe Burrow will have a good game. I don't think that he'll be able to do enough to get a win over the Philadelphia Eagles just because the Philadelphia Eagles defense is a lot better than the Bengals defense. But I think um I think he makes it interesting, but not interesting enough. So I have the Eagles winning this one. I think they put up 24 points and um, Joe Burrow and the the Bengals put up about 13. So a, a good 11 point win for the Eagles to get back on track. And um, hopefully they can bounce back again next week and take care of business to, to get that record turned around and get back to 500. Next, we have Houston at the Steelers. Now, Houston's um, 0-2, but they're not a typical 0-2. They face the two best teams in the AFC, the two best quarterbacks in the league, maybe, and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. So it's just unfair to label them as a regular 0-2 team. And then the Steelers are 2-0, but they're also like a weird 2-0. They face the Giants, and then they face Drew Locke and the uh, the Broncos. So that game was just a weird one. I think uh, I think the Steelers get exposed a little bit. I don't think that defense will be able to stop the Texans. The Texans will not go 0-3. They'll be they'll have a good chance at taking care of business this week. Deshaun Watson just has to stay upright, get the ball to his guys. They have um a lot of new receivers out there. Brandon Cooks has to be really involved, but I think I think um Randall Cobb has to be involved. Like he he had a good year last year with Dak Prescott. There's no reason why with Deshaun Watson, he shouldn't be having the same type of season. And um, they need to run the ball and get and get the ball out of Deshaun Watson's hands by giving it to David Johnson in the screen game, and the run game. And I think they will methodically move the ball down the field, take care of the ball, no stupid boneheaded coaching calls from um, Bill O'Brien, no dumb fourth down calls. And I think they win. But I think it's going to be competitive because Ben – Ben has looked pretty good. Juju, Juju has looked good. Um, I like Claypool got involved last week. And I like what the, the Steelers are doing. I just think that they're a bit of a fraudulent 2-0, and and then the Texans are also a fraudulent 0-2, if there is such a thing, because they face the, the best two teams in the division, in the conference. So I think the Texans come in to Pittsburgh 1 o'clock and win this one with a 28-21 victory over the Steelers. It'll be a it'll be a fun game to watch. It'll just be good to see Houston get back on track because we know they're not as bad as the, as two and zero would suggest. Next, we have another kind of snooze fest: Jets and Colts. So uh, this is a tough one. I I feel like the Jets are obviously struggling. 
I don't see them winning this game. I think Adam Gase is, should be on the hot seat. Uh, they're very supportive of him for whatever reason. He has shown no promise and, and no willingness to improve the development of of Sam Darnold. So Phillip Rivers and that team comes in here and they get the W. They get the ball to their receivers and they just run, run, run the ball. That's what it's going to have to be. Run the ball with Jonathan Taylor and Hines and get the ball to your receivers. That's all you got to do. T.Y. Hill and get those boys involved. I think the Colts have the better coach. They have the better offense. They have the better defense. The Jets just might be that number one team this year. I really think I really thought it was be Jacksonville, but Jacksonville is more competitive than the Jets, and that just goes to show what coaching does. I think it's all about coaching. They have a worse roster, less talent. I don't even think um, Le'Veon Bell is playing in this one. The Jets' leading rusher right now is Frank Gore, so I I just think the Colts will will take care of business. It won't be the highest scoring game just because it's going to be one of those you move the ball, kick and field goals type of games. I think that the Colts win 23, 23 to 13, get the 10 point W and then uh, head to two and one on the season. And the, the, the Jets head to 0 and three. And those New York teams are going to be battling for the top spot in the NFL draft next year. And then we have the four o'clock games. Oh, that was the first four o'clock game. So. Now we're in the slate of four o'clock. There's five four o'clock games this week, so you you won't be bored. I know usually you get that one. There's usually one or two four o'clock games, one four o five, one four twenty five, p.m. Eastern time games, and um, this week we have five four o'clock games, so it'll be fun, and it'll be a busy one. So if you have NFL Red Zone, you can stay tuned all day. If you have Sunday NFL Ticket, which is a great pickup, stay tuned all day. So. Looking at this, we have the Panthers and the Chargers. Ah, uh, I think um I don't know who's playing at quarterback right now. I think Herbert may be getting the start. Tyrod Taylor is doubtful. So, yeah, Herbert's probably going to get the start. And Herbert looked really good last week. But Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers need to get need to get things going. They uh they they chose Teddy over Cam, and that's looking like the wrong choice right now. But hey, new coaching staff, you want your guys in there. I understand. You want to rebuild. Um, I thought I don't think you can go out here as Teddy Bridgewater as the leader and with I know Christian McCaffrey's hurt, but um you gotta step up, you gotta be the guy, you gotta show them that they made the right decision in choosing you over Cam. And so going against the Chargers and a rookie quarterback who did look really good last week, and Justin Herbert has all the weapons he needs to be successful in in LA. I just think and it's going to be really hard for them to give Tyrod Taylor the job back. If he comes out here and wins this one, Justin Herbert comes out here and wins this one and uh, looks good again, it's going to be really hard for Anthony Lynn to justify giving the job back to Tyrod Taylor. So, yeah, and a crazy story with Tyrod Taylor. He punctured his lung, giving him, like, an injection in his chest, which is freaking crazy. I feel like you could lose your job over that as a medical staff if it's anybody with higher stature than uh, Tyrod Taylor. So, Panthers come in. Panthers get a W in the win column. I had them winning week one against the Raiders. They disappointed me. Obviously, they played Tom Brady and the Bucks last week, so they weren't going to win that one. But this week, you got to get the job done against a rookie quarterback and Justin Herbert. And you got to show everybody that you made the right decision and going with Teddy Bridgewater over Cam, regardless of Christian McCaffrey being out. They're just going to have to adapt and get the ball to their young receivers and Robbie Anderson and just move the ball methodically downfield. It won't be a great 
game, but I can see I can see the Panthers winning this one 25-20. They'll get their first win and Justin Herbert will play well, but they'll they'll end up being one and two. Then we have a 425 game, Tampa Bay and Denver. Denver is down the quarterback. They just signed Blake Bortles with Locke being out for a few weeks. And uh I think there's no question who's gonna win this game. I like the I like the Broncos defense, but with no Von Miller and um just nobody to really uh, lead the team. Like who's who's their leader now? Your quarterback is out. Your defensive leader is out. Um, and uh, they're just going to be a really young team, just trying to stop this high-powered offense. And I think Tampa Bay comes in there. They run the ball like they did last week. They get Leonard Fournette involved, who's now their leading rusher. And um, Tom Brady takes care of the ball, like he always does, typically does. They get the ball to their receivers, who all look to be healthy this week. So. It'll be it'll be a good W for the the Bucks as they continue to work through new changes and unfortunately the Broncos will be 0 and 3. A lot of people were telling me the Broncos are going to contend for a playoff spot this year and I was telling them they have a very tough schedule playing playing in that division and the AFC West and then playing against the NFC South this year. That division is just really really tough. Their schedule is really tough. And obviously now with the with the Drew Lock injury it's just even it's even harder to really bounce back and do anything this year for the Broncos. So the Buccaneers handle handle this one pretty easily, 31 to 17. And it won't be like it won't be like the 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 Broncos really are like moving the ball to get 17. It'll just like slowly seven in the first half, seven in the second half, and maybe a field goal somewhere in between. So yeah, the Broncos just—they don't have much to to put up a fight against against Tampa Bay this week, and it's all right. It's okay. I mean, you, you your quarterback gets injured. What can you do? So hopefully they keep their heads up, and um they'll have a chance to uh bounce back whenever Drew Lock gets back, so we can see that offense at full strength because they they just didn't look too great the first two weeks against Tennessee, and then and against the Steelers, um Detroit and Arizona. Detroit and Arizona is a funny one. So last year, this game actually went in overtime in in Cardinals and um Kyler Murray's debut, and uh, they ended up tying. So it, it was a fun matchup. But right now, the 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 Lions just look terrible. I don't know what's going on. I thought we would have an opportunity to see some growth in that offense, and the defense just doesn't look good for Matt Patricia, who's supposed to be a defensive specialist. He's kind of cocky too about it, but he's just not. Hasn't been a great coach, hasn't been a great motivator, hasn't been a great leader, and he doesn't even look like the part. He looks like a coordinator, but he just doesn't look the part of a head coach, and it, I think it shows. So Kyler Murray is putting up a case to win the AFC, I mean, win the NFC West, and um, him and Russell Wilson are battling for for that division. And I think you can even make the case for Kyler Murray in the MVP race. Now, he only has two passing touchdowns to two interceptions, but he has three rushing touchdowns as well. So I really like what Kyler Murray is doing. I think the addition of DeAndre Hopkins has been special for them. They're coming off two big wins against two great defenses, and now to come face um, Matt Stafford and this um, this depleted and unmotivated Lions team whose defense isn't really great and Desmond Trufant it won't be playing. They also don't have the tackle uh, Nick Williams or corner C.J. Moore. So. I think Kyler Murray is going to be able to do whatever he wants. And uh, they'll win this one pretty handily. Um, I would I would give it a, a 31, a 31 to 24 score. 
but it won't be a, a competitive 24. I think Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford is really going to be throwing the ball and trying to get the ball out to his receivers, but Kenny Galladay is questionable. And um, I don't know how well they'll be able to move the ball, but Matt Stafford has always been a guy that can really pass and, and, and take shots downfield and get some big plays. Just it won't be enough against Kyler Murray. And they, they moved to a surprise three and zero. everybody was questioning the Cliff Kingsbury hire and, uh, Everybody, they had a quarterback in Josh Rosen that they moved off of. Kyler Murray comes in. He's choosing between football and baseball. And now it's looking pretty good for for both him and his coach, Cliff Kingsbury. They'll be 3-0. Lions moved to 0-3. And they'll also be fighting for that number one overall pick. So we'll see. We'll see. The race for the number one overall pick will be interesting this year. And then uh, the biggest 4, four o'clock game, in my opinion, is Cowboys at Seattle. Now, at Seattle is not as big as a advantage as it used to be, considering there's no fans, but you're still traveling all the way to the West Coast. Um, I don't know what the air is looking like with the wildfires. Hopefully, things have gotten better. Uh, the spread for this game is Seattle minus five. It's going to be close. Ah, this is a tough one for me. I, I, I think looking at the quarterback matchup, Russell Wilson has been on fire. Nine touchdowns, only one interception, 600 yards already. But Dak Prescott's been on fire too. 716 yards, only two passing touchdowns, but he had three rushing touchdowns last week. So this, this team is, these, these quarterbacks are going to have their opportunity to duel it out. The The problem is, I think Seattle will be able to do whatever they want on offense. Cowboys defense has looked terrible. They look gassed. They've been able, people, teams have been able to move the ball. And seeing with Stefan. Gilmore having trouble against DK Metcalf last week and Russell taking those shots downfield against the, the Patriots defense. I know that he's going to do the same thing against this Dallas defense. Who's not good at safety. Um, Cheeto is hurt. And at the same time, Trayvon Diggs showed up on the injury list the other day with a shoulder injury. Demarcus Lawrence is questionable. And then they may still be out, be without um, left tackle and Tyron Smith. So, it's going to be tough, but Dak Prescott wants to prove he's he's worth the money that he's asking for. He wants the Deshaun Watson money or at least the Carson Wentz money. He has to come out here and show that he can compete with the best of them and even beat the best of them. And Russell Wilson is the best of them right now. He's leading the league in the MVP discussion. And both of these teams uh, definitely can take control of their destiny with the, with this game right here. So I think the Seahawks going moving to 3-0 is big for them. But I also think the Cowboys being 2-1 with the win here and taking control of their destiny and being the, the, the best team in the NFC right now really, really says a lot. So Cowboys need to run the ball. They need to have a fast, quick scoring third quarter like they did. Um, like they did, like they did last week in the third quarter, they came, they scored 14 quick points to Atlanta zero. I think they need to have a quick start like that and continue it all throughout the game. It can't just be in the second half. And do I think they'll have, Three fumbles, no. Two fumbles from their best players, no. Early in the game, no, I don't believe that at all. But I just don't think they have enough to stop Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's going to have a field day out here. The Cowboys don't really get pressure. Russell Wilson's good at avoiding any type of pressure anyway. So the chances they do have at getting pressure won't be available because he's going to get the ball out of his hands. He's going to move out the pocket. He's going to dip his head a little bit and refocus his eyes downfield to make the big play. And we have nobody, the Cowboys have nobody to cover DK Metcalf and they have nobody to stop Chris Carson. So it's going to be a tough day for the Cowboys. I do have the Seahawks winning this one 35 
I was going to say 28, but I feel like in a game like this, there's no way and no field goals are, are kicked. So I, I have this one. I have this one at 35-30. And uh, Seattle moves to 3-0. And then finally, the last Sunday game, Green Bay and New Orleans. Now, a lot of people are questioning Drew Brees' arm right now. And I don't blame you. His arm hasn't looked great. I don't know that the the Saints are as good as people thought they would be this year. I mean, everybody kind of knew Drew Brees was declining. You see it through the end of each season in the past few years. His arm is just looking weaker and weaker. And uh, his accuracy was pretty off last week. I had them losing, but not necessarily because of Drew Brees. But that that just that, he just hasn't looked great. And then on the flip side, Aaron Rodgers is... <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is looking like Aaron Rodgers. So I I had I had this idea about Aaron Rodgers coming in. Last year, it's like the same thing with Tom Brady. You've been in one system with one coach for your whole life, and then you have to switch. Last year was his first year with a new coordinator, new offense. They switched to more run-heavy, more run-favorable. Like, I wasn't a surprise that he wasn't as great as he was last year, and he still was pretty good last year. They went to the NFC Championship game. So now I think he's showing that he's – here to stay. I think he's motivated by the quarterback that they drafted in the first round and um, Jordan Love. And I think that he's showing that he's still Aaron Rodgers. He's still discount double checked. He's still he's still that guy. And uh, he's cocky about it. He's confident about it. I don't particularly like Aaron Rodgers just because he beats up on my Cowboys every time they have a chance to do something big. But no, this is this is Aaron Rodgers year. Now, now his the, 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 the ghost that's been haunting them last season of the 49ers looked like they won't be there in the end. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have a very good shot at, at getting that Super Bowl back under his belt. It's been escaping him for so long. So they have to take advantage of this opportunity. And I think them beating the Saints is a good way to do it. Because in the end, we all know, home field advantage means everything. When you don't have to travel, or when teams have to come to Green Bay in January, leading into February, it's going to be very tough. So I think, I think the Packers take care of business. They move to 3-0. The Saints struggle a little bit. If they want a chance to win this game, they're going to have to run the ball a lot more, but that's not um, Sean Payton's forte. He likes the screen game. He likes to take shots downfield. And uh, with no Michael Thomas, that, that offense just doesn't look the same. And you can see it. It shows over time. So I have the, the Packers winning this one, and the Packers win this one 34-24. And then that's it for Sunday night. That's it for Sunday as all, all together. And then the biggest game of the week is crazy. Monday night is rarely the biggest game of the week, but you got the last two MVPs going against each other, man. You got two great black quarterbacks going against each other. You got you got the Baltimore Ravens and the, the Kansas City Chiefs, the two top teams in the AFC. We thought this would be the AFC championship last year. It wasn't, but we get to see it week three. We get to see it early. Last year in the regular season game, I think they faced around the same time week three of last year, and the Chiefs just took care of business. The Ravens were playing a little comeback ball, and that's not really their forte. I think Lamar Jackson reestablishes himself, reintroduces himself. Yeah, he knows, he knows, he knows that um Patrick Mahomes is the guy right now. He knows what Patrick Mahomes did last year, but he wants all those same things for himself. He doesn't just want to cover Madden. He doesn't just want the MVP. He wants to win Super Bowl. He wants to be Super Bowl MVP. He wants to be the greatest quarterback of all time. And I think that chip on his shoulder, he feels it. I think he's going to Come out here, take care of business. They're going to run the ball with um, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, and they're going to get the ball to their tight ends like they always do. I don't think they'll have many big play opportunities, but I think at the end of the day, 
the Chiefs won't be able to stop Lamar Jackson. And he's going to have a good game um, with his legs, too. I, I have him at least, at least 60 rushing yards on the day for Lamar Jackson. I think the Chiefs, obviously, they're going to compete. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they'll be able to get the ball and move the ball downfield just as easily as the uh, the Ravens. I think there's going to be a high-scoring shootout game. A lot of games have been high-scoring this year. So I see I see the Ravens in the Chiefs game coming down to the wire, but I think I think the Ravens win this one on the foot of Justin Tucker, 33 to 30 at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. And um it'll be a big big matchup when you look at the end of the season and we talk about tiebreakers and home field advantage. I think this game and it's an early game, but I think this game will be the determining factor and and who gets home field advantage because both of these teams are going to come down to the wire. Um, And I like Baltimore in this one. I think the defense comes out and they, they, they get just enough stops to help propel the Ravens offense to a W and Lamar Jackson is just going to be flawless in this game. Both quarterbacks are going to be flawless. We're just going to be, see some jaw dropping plays and we'll be at a loss for words for the quality of play on this Monday night football game, which has the opportunity to be, one of the highest rated Monday night football games since the Chiefs played the Rams a couple years ago in Mexico. And that game was wild. So I think it was going to see a game very similar to that one. It's going to be really, really fun to watch. But Lamar Jackson is going to show everybody why he was MVP last year and why he's going to win or, or really compete for a Super Bowl this upcoming season. And that's it for week three, man. So let's, let's go through some fantasy players. I'll start back at the one o'clock game. I think, Chicago, Atlanta, Russell Gage. I'm probably going to say his name really often. Julio Jones is questionable. I really like Russell Gage. I think he's been getting a lot of targets, a lot of red zone targets. Obviously, Calvin Ridley is a big one, but he's not really a sleeper. So Russell, look for Russell Gage in that game. LA and Buffalo. I think Malcolm Brown has a big game. I think he they run the ball. I'm, I, I see he's active. Cam Akers is going to get his fair touches, but Malcolm Brown is going to be the pound at the goal line type of guy. And um, with the Rams not scoring many points, only 24, I think they get a lot of goal line touches for um, Malcolm Brown, and he he has a big day. Cleveland and Washington, obviously Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. I don't really have a sleeper in this one. I think McLaurin has a big game too. If you have one of those running backs, you're pretty much good to go. I don't see them. I don't see anybody else being the real focal point in this game. Tennessee and Minnesota. Whew. Ryan Tannehill. If you have Ryan Tannehill, I would start him this week. Minnesota hasn't looked great. And I, I think Tannehill has the, the opportunity to um, get some touchdowns. I know Minnesota is going to win this one, but I like Ryan Tannehill battling back after each and every drive that Minnesota puts together. So I would start Ryan Tannehill if you have him and if you don't really are struggling with your, your other quarterback options. Vegas and New England. Darren Waller is always a good pickup. Um, I don't really like what... New England has that linebacker to cover the tight end. Now, I know they have McCourty to um, cover tight ends, but I like Darren Waller. I think he's going to be a focal point of the offense. And I think Derek Carr did a good job of finding him last week against a very good Saints defense. So look for Darren Waller to be the playmaker in that one. New York and San Fran. Ugh. I like Evan Ingram. I think getting the ball to the tight end will help. I think Evan Ingram has been slept on as a very – Productive tight end. He's has injury issues, but this year they need to get him the ball. I, and the Jason Garrett offense, I would expect him to be the Jason Witten, but he's a way better receiving tight end than Jason Witten. So hopefully they get him more involved. I would look for him this week. 
Philly and Cincinnati, Miles Sanders, I think a lot of that screen, um, bubbles, swing passes, he'll have a chance to take them the distance. So uh, if you have Miles Sanders, I would definitely consider playing him this week. Houston, Pittsburgh, like I said, Randall Cobb in this one, I think him out the slot. They're going to get him more involved. If you have a PPR, I can see him having at least six, six to seven catches this week and uh, helping them move the chains on Thursday, third downs. Um, and all you need is one touchdown. He gets you six or seven catches and a touchdown. That's, that's good right there. So I, I like Randall Cobb in this one. I think the other receivers you expect, you expect um, Will Fuller and you expect Brandon Cooks to be involved, but Randall Cobb is the sleeper in that one. The Colts and the New York Jets. Now, the guy I have in this game, I want to make sure I, I get his name right, so just bear with me. Allie Cox. I think Allie Cox is going to be really involved. He's the tight end. For the Colts, I think um, Phillip Rivers struggles throwing the ball downfield. He doesn't have the same arm he, he used to. But um, in just two weeks, he has seven catches for 131 yards. So I really think he has a chance to um, to be great this week against a Jets defense who's just not really good. Don't really have anybody that can cover him with Jamal Adams going, as well as uh, C.J. Mosley opting out of the season. The Chargers... And Carolina, oh, this is a tough one. Um, I don't know who's starting at running back for Carolina. I would consider that option as a sleeper in this one, but at the same time, if you want to play Justin Herbert, I, I totally, I totally get it. I, I think I picked him up off waivers this week just to have some extra points on my bench if it comes down to it. But Justin Herbert would be a quality pickup if you don't like your quarterback's matchup this week or don't think he's going to have a good week. And you want to start somebody, that Panthers um, defense hasn't looked great. Uh, they let the Raiders put up 34 points on them. And they let the Bucks turn around and put up about 31 points on them. So they're averaging like 32 points a game they're giving up. So I would I would consider Justin Herbert. Um, I think the Panthers win, but I think Justin Herbert could come out and have a good day. Especially running the ball too like he did last week. Then you have Tampa Bay and Denver. <laughs> Honestly, I think Fant will be the one in this one. I think Fant will have a good game. I think with Jeff Driscoll starting, you got to get the ball to a reliable target. And Fant has nine catches, 138 yards, and two TDs on the season. I think he will be the, the the guy that they try to get the ball to on third downs, third and longs, third and shorts. He's just going to have to be the guy. He's, but he's probably the best pass catcher on their offense right now, considering um, Jerry Judy's still young. And uh, he had a couple drops in week one. Um, Melvin Gordon and, and Philip Lindsay are good options too. Dump it off to the back. But I like I like Noah Fant in this one just because I feel like Jeff Driscoll is going to try to be aggressive and getting the ball downfield. And those tight end corner routes, tight end in routes, curls, all that stuff is going to be there for him to use and pick apart. Detroit and Arizona. I like Christian Kirk in this one. I think there's going to be a lot of attention on um, DeAndre Hopkins. I think. The the Lions defense obviously can't stop a, a nosebleed. And I think Christian Kirk finds some open holes and he gets open and he might he might have a couple of TDs in this one. So I, I I like I like Christian Kirk in this one. He's a he's a forgotten receiver out there, but he's definitely someone that you can put as a flex. If you're in a deep, deep league and you need a flex play, I like him as a flex play for this week against that bad Detroit Lions defense. The Cowboys and Seattle, uh, I like CD in this one. 
I think last year, last week was his coming out party. I think that second half is what the Cowboys offense is going to look like for the most part of this entire game. And uh, I think CeeDee Lamb and the slot, I think he's getting more comfortable. I think Dak is, is trusting him more and they will get him the ball. And the Seahawks have allowed 47 plays of 10 or more yards. That's most in the NFL. Cowboys have 41 plays of 10 or more yards. That's most in the NFL. So they'll be able to get some shots. And I think CeeDee Lamb is going to be that guy that they get in, on crosser routes, slants, out patterns to get him to move the chains. He's like the, the old Jason Garrett. He's going to replace him. Also in this game, Dalton Schultz, who had a sneaky good game last week. If you're struggling at tight end, I know a lot of people are in my league. We're really struggling at tight end. But Dalton Schultz is a guy I really, really like. And um, speaking of tight end, just crossed my mind. Jonu Smith, I, I brought him up last week. And I said he looked like a receiver. And then he came out and had two TDs, a big game last week, 24 fantasy points for me. So tight end is, is um, there's some sneaky good tight ends out there. So Dalton Schultz and, uh, and CeeDee Lamb, though, in that Cowboys and Seahawks team. Green Bay and New Orleans. Valdez Scanlon, if you want to look at a guy who might be replacing um, – Devontae Adams, I would like, I would take Valdez Scantling. I think he has the opportunity to be the big playmaker. They're going to run the ball just because of Devontae Adams being out, but when they take shots, he's a very, very fast receiver. Look for him and Marshall and Lattimore to be battling out there on the edge. And um, I think uh, I think he wins a couple of those battles and he becomes the big playmaker for the Packers until Devontae Adams um, gets back to full strength. And then in the... Monday night game. I got Edwards Alaire being the sneak sleeper in this one. I think I think the, the the Chiefs will have a lead at some point and they will try to to run the ball. I think he's gonna have opportunities to get some open running lanes as the 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 Raider, Ravens are so worried about the pass and all the weapons that the Chiefs have. But overall, I really think that Edwards Hilaire has a, a couple of chances to pound it in at the goal line. Um, I know they have Travis Kelsey, who's a big target at the goal line. And even Mahomes, he likes to move out the pocket and find a, a little crease to, to flip the ball to. But I think Edwards Hilaire now being that option at the goal line, they, they will get him some touches around the goal line and he'll be able to punch it in. So those are my fantasy football sleepers for week two. Those are the fantasy football projections and um, game predictions for week two. If you have any comments, concerns, let me know. This will be available on Spotify. I thank you for listening. Make sure you follow me on Instagram, JournalismWJeff. And make sure you follow me on Twitter as well, JournalismWJeff. And also check out the website, JournalismWJeff.com. That's where I have all my local journalism, but you'll also be able to find links to the podcast and YouTube tube channel. So thank you for tuning in to Say It, Own It. I'll be back for week four. And I think there's some interesting matchups in week four as we wrap up the first quarter of this NFL season. It's been going really good. COVID hasn't stopped us. There were no players that tested positive last week. So it's just amazing to see. I, I might've been wrong in my first episode saying the NFL season won't last. Everybody's been doing their part. And um, I think when we do see the big COVID case come down, I think that person's just gonna sit and they'll be able to keep moving the chains. So I thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy football this weekend because I know I will. And like I said, just comment, share, like, subscribe, all the above. We'll be back next week, guys. Thanks.